We all know the famous words, one step for man and one giant leap for mankind. For LSU baseball, on the other hand, it was one step backward and a giant leap backward for the postseason. We're breaking down what exactly went wrong with LSU against Ole Miss this weekend on today's edition of Locked on LSU. You are locked on LSU, your daily podcast on the LSU Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked On LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you like to listen to. You can also watch the podcast and listen as well on YouTube. So if you want to check us out on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified as soon as the podcast drops so you don't miss a single second of your Locked On LSU content. I'm Caroline Fenton, and I'm your host, as I am every single day. I graduated from LSU in 2019. I'm a diehard LSU fan, and I now host Sports Talk Radio in uh, Nashville for ESPN 1025, the game. You can follow me on Twitter at CarolineFenton1. So this past weekend for LSU baseball is a tough one, and I feel like I can say that because I think expectations are everything in life in general, but also in sports. And it needs, and your expectations need to be based upon something that's recent, something that's, you know, based off of what you've seen your team do. And I think that's exactly what I based my expectations on this series. LSU swept Missouri, and then they won the Georgia series. They won the Alabama series. LSU, I felt like, in my opinion, was getting hot at the exact right time. Yeah, they still had their issues. Yeah, the bullpen was still a little bit questionable. Yes, they were still making some defensive mistakes. But overall, they were winning games and they were beating really good teams. They were setting themselves up in such an opportune spot, not just in the SEC West, but in the SEC as a whole. And going into the postseason, we're only a couple weeks away from the SEC tournament. I thought LSU was setting themselves up perfectly and at the right time, too. So I thought going into this series against Ole Miss, you know, I thought they really only needed, 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 needed. to start and then in the middle of the season they got really shaky they were sub 500 in sec play they were 11 and 18 since they went 13 and 1 they were losing silly games they didn't look like an overall good team so i thought Ole miss is in a, a down year Ole miss is at the bottom of the sec west lsu's been on a heater as of late LSU is going to be able to win at least two of those games. They're going to be able to win that series against Ole Miss, especially with it being at home. And I thought, great, LSU will solidify their spot and host a regional in Baton Rouge. They can go into the Vanderbilt series, you know, kind of playing with house money a little bit. I thought this was the one series that they needed to really solidify themselves as contenders in the postseason and to really prove to us that their season had turned around, that they could win those games that they need to win. But that was not the case. Ole Miss swept LSU for the first time ever, for the first time ever at Alec Box Stadium. Ole Miss won 
a series in Baton Rouge against LSU for the first time in like 40 something years. The first time since 1982. On Friday night, and I, I know that the games, the game on Friday night resumed Saturday morning. I'm just going to call it the Friday night game because that's really what it was. Mikhail Hilliard on the plate on Friday night um, lost that game 5-3. It was his first loss since 2019. He gave up four runs in just three innings. Not a great outing there. And I look on the other hand, Ty Floyd, who had a pretty solid per, uh, performance, was in for six innings, gave up one solo home run, was able to come in and kind of pitch well in relief, but it was just the damage was done at that point. Saturday, second game that they finished on Saturday, just got completely blown out on Saturday, 11-1. to Ole Miss pitcher Dylan DeLuca. I mean, he I knew that he would be kind of a force to be reckoned with, but he played his butt off on Saturday. He went eight innings, gave up a single home run to Jordan Thompson, so that's when he was pulled, but had a pretty solid performance through eight innings. And at this point in the season, longevity – is so incredibly important. And then Sunday, LSU had the opportunity to avoid the sweep. They had the tying runner on base at the end of the the ninth inning, and they ended up losing that game 8-5. Ole Miss, you know, over throughout the course of the season, throughout SEC play, really, hasn't looked impressive. They looked really impressive against LSU this past weekend. Their bats were electric, especially on Saturday. I mean, you look at the, the score, I think it speaks for itself. Ole Miss scoring 11 runs on Saturday. Their bats were just absolutely electric. I mean, LSU gave up four runs in a single inning on Saturday. So there was nothing that LSU could do to stop Ole Miss's bats. Ole Miss's pitching was pretty solid. The defense was pretty solid. All around, Ole Miss just looked like a really good team poised to compete in the postseason. And since SEC play has begun, I never looked at Ole Miss and thought, yep, that's a team that's going to be able to go to Hoover and make a run for it. Traditionally, it's a team that you know can, is poised to make a run in the postseason, but that's not what I've seen from them this year. So I think my disappointment from this past weekend falls in the fact that I expected so much from LSU, that so much was at stake this weekend, hosting a regional, placement in Hoover, a, uh, you know, a first round buy in the SEC tournament. All of those things were at stake and they couldn't get it done. Not even a single game could they get it done. I mean, LSU got outscored 24-9 throughout that three game series. It's frustrating because I always feel like LSU baseball takes two steps forward and two steps back. We see it in individual gameplay where they can just be electric on offense their bats are moving and then they give up as many runs as they scored on defense two steps forward two steps back I felt like that throughout this entire season honestly too and especially in the past few weeks you know they got swept by Arkansas they turned around they swept Missouri they won the series against Georgia they won the series against Alabama they were taking those steps forward that they needed to take at the correct time in the season best time in the season leading up to the postseason, and then they get swept by Ole Miss, and they take those two steps back. That's kind of how I felt like this team has been all season long. They've just been treading water. As soon as they get traction, they fall right back into their ways. But what exactly went wrong? Why do we have these high expectations for LSU? At least I had high expectations for LSU going into this series. What exactly went wrong 
for LSU against Ole Miss. Again, Ole Miss sweeping LSU at the box for the first time ever in the history of this matchup. And it goes back pretty dang far. Um, and that also goes to show, you know, pre-90s, before Skip Bertman really made LSU the juggernaut that it is in college baseball. I mean, you know, they weren't necessarily anything to write home about um, in the and from the 70s and 80s. So the fact that this is the first time ever that Ole Miss swept LSU just goes to show you how different those teams played over this past weekend. But again, coming up next, I want to get into exactly what went wrong with LSU, the biggest things, my biggest kind of red flags that popped up for the weekend. Um, I want to get into that coming up next. But before we do that, I want to tell you about Built Bar. So I just got a box of the birthday cake puffs. And let me tell you, they are absolutely delicious. Imagine dipping your finger into a tub of that like white and super colorful sprinkled birthday cake frosting. Open your eyes and you realize that it's a really healthy treat. Actually, it's only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's exactly what the birthday cake puff from Built Bar tastes like. I just got them in the mail, like I said, and I've never had anything like them before. They're all available right now, so go check them out. Can't promise that they're going to be there tomorrow, so make sure to go get them today at Built.com. And if you haven't tried the puffs, I totally recommend them. I have a sweet tooth, and I, I want to stick to my my philosophy of eating healthy. And sometimes a sweet tooth doesn't always help that, but with the puffs and with built bars in general, they make it so easy. I mean, it's literally a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. I mean, it's, del- it's a delicious marshmallow and it's good for you. And there's really no better combination than that. So make every day your birthday with built birthday cake puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed it in hundred percent white chocolate and added sprinkles. And they're really cute too. They've only got 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, and only nine grams of sugar on this limited time flavor. And it's an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. They're actually making collagen-infused protein for your body that absorbs more efficiently, provides tons of health benefits. I know that if you have issues growing your nails or your hair, collagen is a wonderful supplement to take, but don't I feel like you have to invest in the supplements that you buy at a pharmacy. You can just get it through Built Bar. So go to Built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Now, LSU baseball, just with an absolute stinker of a weekend against Ole Miss. But what exactly went wrong? I think the most glaring thing for me this past weekend, there really it really showed itself this past weekend. But, I mean, it's been a problem throughout this entire season, and that's pitching. 
That's the bullpen. For example, Devin Fontenot and Sam Dutton. Devin Fontenot got the start on Saturday. Didn't last long. Last an inning and a third. Sam Dutton was in on Sunday. They combined for four outs. When you're throwing out two of your starters in must-win games, you need them to go four, five, six innings. I mean, you look at Dylan DeLuca for LSU, for or excuse me, for Ole Miss, for example, was out there eight innings. Now that's that's a long time. I mean, that's that's a that's kind of a marathon for a pitcher to be out there. But that's what you expect from your starters, from the top guys in your lineup. You need them to be, and not just be out there and be able to contribute for several consecutive innings in a row, but they got to do something. And nothing that I saw from Devin Fontenot or Sam Dutton on Saturday or Sunday really wowed me. I mean, Devin Fontenot, again, in just, just over an inning. And they had to blow through the bullpen on Saturday. I mean, those Ole Miss bats were absolutely electric. Like I said, they scored four runs in a single inning on Saturday. And pitching doesn't necessarily help with that. I look at Mikhail Hilliard, who had his first loss, like I mentioned, first loss since 2019. Mikhail Hilliard went the longest on the weekend, and he only threw three innings. Gave up four runs in three innings, and he is your ace. He's your go-to guy. He is the guy that has been throwing you know, career games against Missouri, against Georgia. He played spe- spectacular games starting that Friday night or that game one against Missouri and Georgia. So I was in, I was disappointed by what I saw from Mikhail Hilliard because he's your guy. He's your he's your ace. He's your go-to guy. Um and again also this has been a problem since day 1, game 1 way too many errors. Defense has been an issue. Cade Dowdy for example had two errors in game 2 easy plays, easy, simple plays to make it second base. And the kind of plays that if you are a starting second baseman at LSU, you need to be making those plays. If you're a starting second baseman in SEC baseball, you need to be making those easy routine plays because with a, a team like Ole Miss, the way that they played this this past weekend and the way that they played against Mizzou, they swept Mizzou the week before. They, I mean, they, their bats have been electric. So if you give them opportunities they're going to take them. They're going to capitalize on them, and they're going to score on them. So, again, Kate Dowdy, two errors on in game two, three total on that game. In those three errors, Ole Miss was able to score four runs. So, I mean, that it wouldn't have made the difference on Saturday. It was an 11-1 game, but it's just the principle of it. The principle of the fact that you give up four runs on three errors because defensively you just aren't able to make plays. You know, Friday, I do have to give them credit. They were error-free. They had a single error on Sunday. But, I mean, errors aside, just defense as a whole, <laughs> no pun intended, it's, well, there are so many holes on defense. Almost had a five-run inning in the fourth in, in the fourth inning in game two. That's unacceptable. The, the amount of runs that they gave up, I understand that, you know, your pitching is shaky. I understand that Ole Miss's bats were moving and all of the momentum was in their corner. But with a team with this much talent, you have to be able to stop that momentum. You have to be able to figure out what you need to do in order to limit those runs scored. And they just weren't doing it. So too many errors, poor defense. That was another issue this past weekend that led to the sweep. But it's really been an issue kind of all season long. And I think one presence 
And this is one of the, the big issues that I saw throughout the weekend too. But one presence is missed a lot. And that's Jacob Berry. Um, Jacob Berry fractured his finger in the Alabama series. We're not sure when he'll return, but he hasn't played since. He's the best batting average in the SEC. He's batting 395 in SEC play. And I think that this past weekend, you could really feel, you know, that offensive momentum really missing. Now, Jay Johnson talked about it and said, of course, you know, he's a very talented player. And of course, he scores a lot of runs for us. But he said, quote, we wouldn't have won with him in the lineup. He's like, I don't remember the last time that he scored 10 RBIs in a uh, in a single game. And that's, it's a fair point. I mean, LSU lost by 10 runs. Um, but I think that this entire weekend, you know, that offensive powerhouse really was missing. I mean, you look at Kay Dowdy and Dylan Cruz, who are also kind of on that list of LSU's big sluggers. They combined for two and 20 on the weekend. So was it a momentum thing? Um, was it a presence thing? Or was it just bats all around were off? I don't know what it was, but I mean, whatever you want to point the the exact reasoning to of exactly why, especially on Sunday, they just could not get those bats moving. I looked at Jacob Berry He's the only difference in this lineup than it was against Georgia and against Alabama and against Missouri, the teams that they had some success behind. And Jacob Berry has been an absolute heater in that span. He's out with injury, and he's not the only one out with injury. That's another issue with this team, but that's going to happen as injuries happen. But I think that his presence very much so was missed. And another caveat onto Jacob Berry not being in the lineup and just the offense as a whole just couldn't get things moving as as electric as they normally can as they just left way too many men on base. On that Sunday game, I saw so many opportunities for LSU to at least get ahead or at least to close the gap. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I looked up and bases were loaded and they left bases loaded or they left two men on base. Those, those things add up. And, I mean, you look at Sunday, you know, tying – Tying run was on base in the ninth inning and they couldn't get it done. Um, so to recap, pitching is a problem, has been a problem, um, but they need to do some serious work in the bullpen uh, before I think that LSU can really find continued success. Way too many errors. Again, Kay Dowdy had two on Saturday, three total on that game, almost scored four runs off of three errors. I mean, they just get, they have to clean things up defensively. That, that's just a non-negotiable. And also, Jacob Berry being out of the lineup, I really do think played a big role in, in the reason why they left too many men on base, the reason why they couldn't get those bats moving. It's Jacob Berry being out with a finger fracture. Um, but coming up next, what's, what is next for LSU baseball? What can we look forward to? How does this affect the postseason? And what's next for this LSU team? Want to get into that coming up next, but before we do that, I want to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online, our partners, they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest odds and news and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. Which, if you haven't watched them over the weekend, oh my gosh, what a fun weekend in the NBA! Dallas blowing out Arizona over the weekend, Golden State beating the Grizz in six. It's been a really exciting basketball playoff so far. So check out betonline.com to find more NBA bets as well. You can also find Major League Baseball scores. You've got fights and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information. They've got live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts.
Chelsea have been swept by Ole Miss at home for the first time in program histories, which is incredibly frustrating understanding what LSU needed to do in order to kind of seal up the postseason. Because now LSU is pretty much eliminated from hosting a regional. I thought, you know, at least a series win against Ole Miss and a series win against Vanderbilt, there would have been a regional in Baton Rouge. That's what they needed to get done. And they couldn't get it done. Going into this past weekend, LSU was projected to be a four seed in the SEC tournament. Now, it hasn't been updated what they will be, but it's no longer four. I can imagine it, that it is no longer four. LSU sitting at fourth in the West by an Arkansas at one, AM at two, and Auburn at three. So what was a pretty tight SEC West race, LSU's kind of fallen in the ranks a bit, and it doesn't help when you don't pick up a single win throughout a series. Now, did say that they were kind of out of contention for hosting a regional, which, first of all, I talk about expectations a lot. That's kind of unacceptable for me. The fact that LSU isn't able to host a regional. I understand that this is Jay Johnson's first year, but with the roster that has been put out in that field with this recruiting class, this team should be able to have enough regular season success to be able to be a focal point in the postseason. But I digress. So now it is projected by NCAA.com that they'll be placing, uh, that they'll be in the Charlottesville regional playing Virginia, Coastal Carolina, and Campbell. Campbell Camels. Um, Virginia and Coastal Carolina are very talented teams. So it will be kind of a slugfest of a regional, but that's what's projected now. Um, we'll continue to monitor it as we go on. Um, but coming up next, LSU will travel to Vanderbilt this weekend and then Hoover. That's not going to be an easy weekend for LSU, especially, you know, being punched in the mouth against Ole Miss, traveling, first of all, traveling and traveling to Vanderbilt, a team that got the series win against Arkansas, who Vanny's now currently sitting at number 11 in the collegiate baseball rankings. They won two out of the three at Arkansas. They're in the running to host a regional. They haven't solidified anything quite yet. So Vanderbilt is very much so still playing for something, as is LSU. The stakes are very high for Vanderbilt, considering that they will be in the running to host a, a regional. So that's not going to be an easy series for LSU playing at Vanderbilt in Nashville, in my neck of the woods. Very excited about that. But that's not going to be an easy feat for them. So I am going to be looking to see you know, what kind of changes are made, if there are any changes to be made going into that Vanderbilt series. Um, but Looking at the rankings, LSU fell in the RPI rankings from 16 to 37. They're sitting at 20 in the perfect game rankings, and they were down, um, started at 15 going into last week, down to 24 in the USA Today rankings. So I think that kind of shows that, and they're and they're not even ranked in several of the uh, of the baseball rankings. Collegiate baseball, I believe they're not ranked. Um, there are a couple others that they weren't even mentioned. So it kind of goes to show that you know when you lose a big time series like that it shows um like i said lsu traveling to vanderbilt this weekend however they've got a midweek game against northwestern state on tuesday it'll be at the box and there have been several college baseball programs around the country who cancel kind of these last few midweek games and it's for a few reasons don't want to strain your team you're not really playing for much more if your spot in the postseason is pretty solidified and it could drop your rpi so RPI, for those who aren't familiar, RPI is essentially the college baseball strength of schedule. And that's what the NCAA selection committee, with one, th one of many things that they use to 
figure out the postseason rankings, to figure out the regional schedules is the RPI. I believe LSU, yeah, LSU sitting at that 37 now was 16 um, going into Ole Miss. So if you play, let's say, I, I want to say that Northwestern State is low 200s, 250, 60, 70 something. So that would drop LSU's RPI because they're playing a team with such a low RPI. A lot of teams don't want to do that so close to the postseason. But Jay Johnson was asked about it, why he wants to play these midweek games that may end up ultimately hurting LSU in the long run. And he says he doesn't care about the damage that it could do the RPI to their RPI. Um, he doesn't necessarily care about that statistic of it, but more so of creating a competitive team, creating a championship culture. Um, and he says, I'm a first-year coach. This is a quote from, from Jay Johnson today saying, I'm a first-year coach trying to develop a program of competitiveness and trying to develop players in the process. Championships are about attitude and culture, and I feel like I'd be sending the wrong message to our team, and I'm not going to do that. Honestly, I respect it. I respect the decision. Um, if they were in such a great spot that they didn't need to play that game, would they have played it? I'm not sure. Um, but I think that there's going to, they need something, some sort of midweek momentum to kind of turn around that past weekend at Ole Miss, move forward to Vanderbilt, get done when they need to get done, and then head on to Hoover. That is going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked on LSU your first listen every day to make your second listen Locked on SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.